Hello and welcome to the Music Survival Guide, the independent musician's guide on how to survive in the music industry. My name's Phil, a mixing and mastering engineer. Well, hello, it's been a long while since we've had one of these. This is a fully-fledged, proper episode after the last kind of mini intro thing two weeks ago. And this week, I'm interviewing Connor of Shadow Smile. And Shadow Smile, if you haven't heard them, are a great band, well worth checking out. They've got an album on the way that they're currently working on, but they've got loads of stuff out. Go and have a listen, go and appreciate what they're doing. But there is a song at the end of the episode, of course. This week, we are discussing using a click at live gigs and should you, shouldn't you, what's the benefits and disadvantages, changing your band direction early on, like the kind of feel and the style of what you're doing, and just course correcting um, what your band is doing really early on, and rhyming and song lyrics, should you or shouldn't you, or what's what's the approach, what should that be, especially in metal. I'm going to stop yapping on, I'm just going to say on with the episode and on with the interview. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by Connor of Shadow Smile. Connor, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Good. Uh, a bit baby brain adults, as we've already established. Um, there's going to be some judicious editing on this episode of, of me, but there we go. Um, so my first question to you is from an online random question generator, which uh, is... It's quite a deep one, I think, this week. And it's it's if you if you could only ask one question to each person that you meet, what would that question be? Wow, that's uh, that's big. Uh, I think how you doing? That's um, because I'm not just on a I'm not just on a, a really superficial kind of like I can't think of anything level, but also because that way, if you can only do one thing, you can kind of affirm the way someone feels every day. I just made that up. It's a very British answer. <laughs> I'll give you that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, in, in real life, though, if if if, if it were, um, it's it's just too big a question. If you only ask one question, yeah, it's it's pretty pretty bad, pretty big. Well, there's your there's your philosophy for the day. That's that's going to have to be that's going to have to be it. And or, or um, have you listened to our new single? That's probably a better one. Well, I mean, <laughs> to ask everyone you ever meet yeah. that one question. I mean, that's fair. That's and fair. I'll just carry a QR code for them to scan. <laughs> you are. Scan this. <laughs> Good plan. Um, so my first, uh, I guess, serious question is, how did you get into music in the first place? So personally, I was into, as like as far back as I can remember, I was always sort of going through um, I was always kind of fascinated by my relatives' CD collections that they had, and I'd always look for things, and I was always kind of drawn to the sort of, you know, the metal covers, because they're always a lot more interesting than other, other album covers. You know, you've got a photo of George Michael, or you've got the cover of Number of the Beast, and I know which one I'm going to be interested in. Um, no offense to George Michael, I do quite like him. But, um, and, uh, but aside from that, the actual music element was probably... Um, there's a few things. It's like so. I'd go to my grandparents every weekend, and they'd always be watching like Queen live at Wembley or stuff like that, and and I was quite captivated by that. And then my mum would always be listening to like stuff like New Romantic stuff, like Adamant and that kind of thing. So, and then yeah, so that's kind of where it came from. And I just got into. I think that's why I'm into such visual music is because everybody I was exposed to was kind of quite theatrical and. Uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of how I got into music, I suppose. And then just I I was kind of 
not good at it, I guess, but I was always, I could always sing and stuff. So I was always in choirs through school and things like that. So it just kind of stuck and I was music guy. <laughs> and there you have it. That's, that's how it began. Um, does that, um, that like of kind of theatricality, does that affect the way that you choose to perform? Yeah, I think it affects everything I do, to be honest. I think um, in, in terms of Shadow Smile, I think right from the get-go, I had a concept in mind before I had any songs. And I think it was very much, it's always been kind of, yeah, we've got, we've got a lot of modern um, metal influence, but like if you actually, if you strip back what we do, it's so, um, you know, it's more, it's got more in common um, from a live stage show performance, it's got more in common with the Queen or your Alice Cooper or bands like that than it has with most modern um, metal music. So, yeah, absolutely. I think everything's got a sort of, yeah, I think, yeah, <laughs> is the simple answer. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's through, because I did kind of um, a lot of theatre through school and stuff as well. So it's kind of, uh, yeah, a bit of a drama queen, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> it's always been there. Dramatic elements, that's fair. So um, how did the band get together? So you're, you're in school, music is a good thing, you like the theatrical stuff. What, what happened then? Well, what happened then was I started loads of bands that all got absolutely nowhere and were all terrible, I think, is, uh, oh, all. is the honest answer. And I think, yeah, like that's probably everybody's answer, I suppose. But uh but then uh, I actually, um, I was in a band, which was more like a kind of metalcore band. Um, and I came across our guitarist, Kieran. He was playing for a different band at a venue that I was working at. And I was like, he's a good guitarist. If, if me and him could get together, that's kind of like, and this is like my ego running wild when I say this, but I was kind of thinking that's like Axel and Slash level stuff if we can get together, you know. And uh, that was that was my, I've always been kind of thinking big, probably too big, I don't know, but um they um and we kind of got talking and, and i sort of pitched this idea i'd had about this this band and he was up for it and he just we just laid one song down just the two of us um and i recruited a, a drummer friend of mine to come and lay studio drums down so it was initially it was just a recording project and it was like there was no aside from i had a, a video in mind and i had a song that then kieran and i wrote together we just laid this song down and it was like yeah this feels like it's there's something to it so we kind of then i asked the drummer like do you actually want to be in the band because he was doing just session work and covers work at the time and he was like yeah i really like it i'll I'll join and then we found a bassist somewhere um <laughs> <laughs> wherever you find bassists yeah so I th- we actually i think it was our drummer maybe put an advert out um and and we, he just answered the call and he's kind of been with us ever since so uh, and then we recruited another guitarist um so it's been quite uh I'd love to say we were all best friends growing up and, you know, we, we, you know, it's a band of brothers, but it's, it's really, it is now, but it didn't start that way. It was very much a, this is a project heading into the studio. Um, but it's worked out really nicely because we all get on great. So what, Oh, I don't know if you can remember, what was the original pitch of what the band should be or the project should be? So if you look at our first three singles, there's three of them, there's a song called digital God and one called left hand path and beautiful disaster. And, they what we call the unholy trinity and there's a story thread running through the videos which is um the rise of a satanic cult so that was kind of it and and what it was that kind of swayed us away from it is because it was a a whole concept band and we were a satanic cult and we didn't 
announce our names, didn't announce anything. And then as we like into, ghosts, sort of well, this, this is the thing. It's like, I, then I got into ghost and I was like, oh shit, they're already doing this. <laughs> we can't do it. So, and sleep token. That's the other band that come to mind. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so what we did was we kind of kept the, the dark imagery and kind of left the storyline behind as we, um, we got into the pandemic era kind of, cause we, we actually only got together in 2019. So we recorded our first song. So, pandemic hit pretty quickly and we kind of reassessed everything then and just kind of thought well yeah we'll keep the imagery dark and we'll keep kind of we can still call our fans the shadow smile cult and stuff like that but we don't put the narrative out so much now um because i, I just felt like everyone's just gonna think we're trying to be ghost or you know let sleep token so that's the risk that's the bit you've got to do your own thing at the end of the day haven't you yeah so where did the band name come from then i'm assuming that's part of the original um storyline idea you know it's not and it's uh it, i wish it was but it, what it was was the um it, there's uh, a song the band i was in before we had a song called shadow smile and we were literally sat in um church which is ollie sykes's bar in sheffield and we were just going through ideas we were like we can't think of a name and i was like well we've got this we'll go through the songs that i had and <laughs> like and i was like oh that works alliteration it kind of sounds all right but the actual song title of that song came from a Cure song. I don't know if you've seen uh, The Crow, film The Crow. Oh, no, no. It's a cool film from the early 90s with Brandon Lee in it. Um, it's the one where he's got the white face and the lines and every goth goes in every Halloween um, <laughs> and every day a lot of the time, I suppose. But uh, they, uh, there's, a, there's a line in uh, Burn by The Cure, which is on the soundtrack, and it said, just paint your face and shadows smile. And I was like, oh, that's nice. So I stole that and then <laughs> that became our name in the long run. Yeah, that's a long-winded way of me saying I stole it from The Cure. Ultimately, yes. But yeah, but there we go. All the best things are stolen from somewhere, aren't they? Yeah, play, play <laughs> it's, just, it's just disguising it, I suppose. <laughs> there we are. Only so many names in the world, aren't there? Um, <laughs> so you get the band together and you find your bassist and your second guitarist from wherever they appear from and um Barnsley and wakefield as it goes oh well i should i should make no comments i mean i'm, I'm originally from leeds so i have strong oh, i'm sorry to hear that i mean yeah well, <laughs> i mean my accent died a death you might be able to tell but yeah, um, you escaped there where are you now uh, i'm in southwest london so you know long way away but there we go um so you're 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 together and you're um rehearsing and things like that so where um where do you rehearse at the moment are you in a big kind of complex have you got your own space how does that work um so we have we haven't rehearsed in a while because we've been making our album so it's um when we did we we, we mostly rehearsed at just like uh there's a pirate studio i don't know if you've heard of pirate but they they just have like um un, unmanned studios and, and we found those to be really good because we'd go really late at night when there was no one there and just kind of lock ourselves in and they're in the middle of nowhere. We at one time had a room um, and we'll probably will get it once we're back out, um, you know, in tour mode again, we'll probably get a, a, a HQ set up. But at the moment we, we aren't really rehearsing. Um, we, we're just recording. And, but yeah, we will, we will be eventually, <laughs> which is, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we, we don't at the moment, but yeah, it, it has just been, Actually, we just found a new place just before we started the album, which we probably will go back to. Um, so, yeah, we don't have our own HQ at the moment, but we will. But not not Pirate Studios, then? You're not done with that? Well, I don't want to give anyone a bad name, but the one in Sheffield did go downhill a lot. Um, 
yeah, it, like sort of post pandemic, it just well, actually, I think it was during pandemic. It just became uh, like a, a party town for people that you know. Oh. Yeah, so people would just rent out a room and have a party in there because they weren't allowed to do it anywhere else, and they could say they were working at that point. So interesting. Yeah, it's a bit like Downing <laughs> Street. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, I made no comments other than yes, yes, no. I, 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 I concur. I'll leave it at that. Um, <laughs> so, what, what was your um, first gig like as a band? Was it good? Was it bad? It, it was. It was good for the time. Um, I, I look back on it quite fondly but also we we were really fortunate because we had um our first show was supporting skid row i don't know if you know um and it was uh and bands like the choir boys were on it as well it was a bit of an all day um we were on sort of early afternoon so we we didn't have too much pressure on us but there's still a good crowd there so it was like the absolute best first gig we could have had i think and we we practiced like really hard for it as well um it was only 2019. Like I said, we, we only got one, maybe two shows in before lockdown hit. So we were uh, right on the cusp there. But it was great because what we did was we um, we had it filmed um, just purely by chance because it was quite a high-profile show for the for the venue. They'd filmed everything so we could kind of look back and make notes and everything. But, yeah, it was really good. It, we we kind of got lumped in with the classic rock crowd a little bit too much on the back of it just because of the lineup of that day which kind of led to us changing our sound a little bit afterwards because um, we kind of didn't want to get lumped in with any particular scene. So, but, but as, as first shows go, I think it was, um, it was quite a special one and yeah, it was, it was really good. And we, we kind of, um, we annoyed some people because we've always had like click tracks and stuff because we've always had the theatrical elements on, on track and stuff. So when you've got a 15 minute changeover and I'm there going, I really need click <laughs> I need any monitors and stuff. And they're kind of going, who do these guys think they are? But it's like, well, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> How do you find performing with a click? So some, uh, especially live, cause some musicians, um, find clicks, just the absolute bane of everything. And they want to feel the music live and have that kind of, that kind of ebb and flow that music has when it, when, when it's, free of uh, uh anything like that but some musicians absolutely need it and you know if you've got backing tracks and things it's obviously essential how do you find performing like that I, i've never had any trouble with it i think it's I, i've i've done with i've done without so you know sometimes if we're in a pinch at a festival for example we'd just have our drummer on click and the rest of us would just go through wedges so we're quite adaptable with it and i i, I, yeah, I don't mind it at all i think it's um it's very helpful. You know, it, it stops, you know, you, you never got a time with it because obviously you've got it banging in your ears. And we've even started putting like, this is a bit behind the scenes, but we started putting kind of cues on track and stuff like, so, you know, like uh, ready for guitar after four and things, which is like, you know, purists will go crazy at, but I, I just think, you know, technology's there and you can either use it or you can't. And it's just preference. I think at this point, if you, you know, if, if you're a solid musician, you, you can do, it's your choice, isn't it? I know, like, I, I saw um, Tool on their tour, their arena tour this year, and they never played to click famously, and, and it's it's incredible because it's like, you know, that sounds like they're playing to click. But, yeah, I, I think it's just, yeah, I, I quite like it, actually, because I, I like I like a good mix in my ears. Like, So the, the in-ear monitors for me is more for vocal preservation than anything else. I find it, like, really, really useful for that and to make sure I stay, you know, I can go night after night and and be fine whereas if i'm on wedges it's like get three days in and i'm a bit uh, you know um 
So, but you know, either or. Either or, that's fair. Do you um, go for both ears in or one ear out so you can sort of hear yourself naturally a bit? Or I do tend to take one out, and it's apparently a really bad habit because it can lead to sort of, you know, in uh, certain cases you can have hearing loss in one ear and not the other because you've got, you know, protection in one and not the other. But, you know, that's the kind of risk we run in this game, isn't it? Just alternate, <laughs> right? Alternate. <Yeah. laughs> surely, surely that's the answer. I had actually, funnily enough, about two weeks ago, I was doing a show and I walked past, I had one of my ears out and I happened to be really close to the drummer and I just happened to turn as he hit the uh, the, the ride cymbal and it just sent a noise like I've never heard through my head. And I was going like, yeah, I wish I'd not done that. But, oh, well, lesson learned, right? Maybe. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> when it gets going, you forget, don't you? Yeah, I know. Yeah, you get into it. <laughs> have you um have you ever had any like nightmare experiences as a band like any gigs that have gone really wrong and you don't have to name names depends on what the story is or has it all just been great i don't think we've had a nightmare gig at all i think it's you know touch wood it's been um yeah i think i'm i'm quite quite particular and i like to prepare things for shows and make sure we have had, actually, no, we did have one where our, um, so what happened was we had, all our monitors were set up, everything was fine. I, I will not name venue names or engineer names because that's not cool, but the engineer, and I'm not blaming engineers, the, the show went absolutely fine. It was, it was fine, but we were fighting because we had, um, he'd unmuted the talkback mic, so we had, in our ears, instead of the mix, we had talk back coming through so we could just hear his conversation. Uh, and, our, and our show's kind of like, it's, I don't like to be that guy who's like, yo, sound guy, can I have a bit more of this in my monitor? You know, while I'm performing, I like it. It's all set. The show's on now and we, we forget all that. You just get through it. And so we, it was a little bit of a nightmare for our drummer because he was having to listen to the, the track out front, trying to work out where it was. And, Oh, and it's, and, was it slightly and, delayed as well yeah so oh. it, was, it was just a little bit I, people said it was great i don't know if they were just protecting my feelings but i think we i think we just about pulled it off but you know i've seen bands in arenas have the same well not the same issue but go out of time with sync clicks and stuff so but aside from that i think everything's been pretty plain sailing to be honest uh, we, we're really fortunate that our fan base is quite vocal so they kind of carry a lot of the show as well so if ever my voice is feeling a bit tired i can just hold the mic out and sing some <laughs> bits for me, so. yeah <laughs> classic trick on i mean on the on the subject of vocals do you what do you do to warm up before a gig do you just go for it or do you have a proper warm-up or i have proper warm-ups yeah i, I did uh, I, i've done a lot of singing and i've hurt my voice a lot of times and i've I've got nodules that sometimes flare up and things. So I have to be super careful now. And, uh, I use a, uh, actually it's just a tenor warm up from YouTube by a guy called Jeff Rolka. I'm going to plug in because I use his free video every go, every show. And I feel like I should help him out. Um, yeah. And, and it's brilliant. And it takes you through all the registers and stuff. And I do that in the morning and then I do it like an hour before the show as well. Um, and then I, tr if I've got a show the next day, I try not to speak after the show which annoys some fans if they want to sort of come and have a chat, but it's like, well, I'm sorry. It's the way it goes. will sort that out. <laughs> well, can't stop guitarist talking. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll um, put a link to that video in the show notes. Um, if you go 
whoever's listening if you go down to the description he's massive on the singing community to be fair he's like got uh, he's he doesn't need my help but it would be cool because he is so thank you yeah can do that certainly um so as a as a band how do you uh, write songs do you do it collaboratively together is there one or two of you who are the songwriters or how does that work for you uh, it's been it's it's been different a lot of times of the first song I literally had a set of lyrics for the first song and Kieran, our guitar player, had, had a, a, a sort of uh, an instrumental that he'd done and we just put them together and it was like, okay, that's weird how well that fits. Like, it shouldn't fit, but it did. The first song was just actually a fluke and then the second song we jammed out uh, with uh, the four of us at the time. And then after that, I think we started writing pretty much um, uh, sort of sitting down and going through parts, usually starting with a chorus. That's kind of where we start. Um, you know, I tend to just go, so I've got GarageBand on my iPad and that's kind of the extent of what I use to write. So I just bash some chords out. Uh, it's usually the traditional pop chords to be quite honest with you, because if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, and then we structure around that and I, uh, that, that works really well. Um, but it is quite collaborative after that. I think generally speaking, I go in with a chorus and then everybody, goes away, comes back with some ideas and we, we're quite ruthless and we'll, we'll say, you know, it, there's not, it's not just a case of I've written this great. That's a good solo. It's like, no, we're going to break it down. And same with the lyrics, same with the vocal melodies, we'll break everything down to the nth degree. And, you know, my, over, over the last few songs, um, my wife actually started uh, critiquing my lyrics and giving me some lyrics as well. So we've actually sort of, it's almost like we've got a ghostwriter, but it's actually my wife. <laughs> but yeah, it's, so we, yeah, it's, and then we work with, um, our producer, Dan, who's, um, he's been in a, he was in a band called, oh, he's going to kill me. Um, I can't remember. Um, it's not important to this story. <laughs> he hate me for that. But so he's a great songwriter is, is so and short of it. And he, um, he, he'll come sometimes and he'll be like, okay, so what about this? What about, I guess like a producer should do, but. He's quite hands-on with a lot of the songwriting as well, so it's it's kind of like have we've actually got like eight members <laughs> of the songwriting team, which is really nice and gives it that kind of it's almost like a, a family activity, I suppose. You know, it's interesting that you um, share out like lyrics and critique of lyrics as well, because there are some singers who are like, well, this is what I'm singing, so you know, it's got to be what I say, if that makes sense. I try and be as undeverish as possible, which. As a singer, it's in your personality to try and be, but I, I feel like, you know, there's always the songs are the important thing and whether it's going to resonate with people. And if it only resonates with me, then at least that's great on an artistic front. But then if we can make it resonate with more people, then that's great because, you know, music, I'm sure has helped us all. I'm not trying to claim like my music's helped anyone, but, you know, hopefully you can, you know, try and get those messages out. And usually, it's not kind of like, so sometimes it'll just be a case of, you just say, do you know what, I've, I've written this and what do you think? And, and it'll be like, actually, that's great. And I, I could improve this bit and this bit, but I can't improve that. So we might as well just use it. And I quite like collaboration. It's in my, um, that's why, because I'd love to be a solo artist. I really would. It'd be so much easier and stuff, but I'm, it's just not me. And, and I can't do things on my own. <laughs> I, need a, I need a team. So, and, and it's, and that's why it works so well, I think. And I think you've just got to remove ego from songwriting and just pretend you haven't got one. <laughs> when you're writing lyrics, what 
sounds a bit of a cheesy question. When do you choose to do a rhyme and when do you not? <laughs> because obviously if everything's like in rhyming couplets, it could get very cheesy very quickly. But sometimes rhymes can be really effective in music. So I, I don't think there's, a, you know, I don't think there's a single song of ours that isn't in rhyming couplets, to be quite honest with you, all the way through, even when it's the most aggressive screaming. And yeah, I, it probably is cheesy, but uh, I don't care. <laughs> I quite like cheesy sometimes. So, um, and and I like um, a lot of sort of romantic poetry. I, I sound like such a, you know, Bill Valo type, but I'm not. But I, I live right down the road from um, where uh, Lord Byron grew up and stuff like that so it kind of within this area it, it kind of bleeds into your personality a little bit so i guess if you're creatively inclined and i don't know i think it just comes to me to write in in rhymes because i find it quite challenging as well i think like you know like if you find but it's finding a rhyme that's cool and that's really hard to do it's like yeah it's not like you know you get some hip-hop and i love hip-hop but so you get some and it's like have you really just done that have you really just put that in just to rhyme like this but then yeah i think you've got to it's, it's trying to find a rhyme that, that keeps the message going without um yeah without without going okay you just squeeze that word in even though it makes no sense or you know <laughs> so yeah i think i think everything's in rhyming couplets which is and, and to be quite honest with you i'd never thought of it like that either i think it's just like i don't know maybe i'll try one without any next and see how that goes might find it really difficult and like, this doesn't work but you know i mean my approach to that kind of thing is you know if you found what works for you then it's part of what makes yourself as an artist unique yeah i would agree with that and i think you've really just got to be fearless with it as well and just not care what people think because if you as soon as you care what someone else someone else's critique is then you've lost the battle because you're just going to try and write pander and, and write to what people because it you know if, if you try and ride a wave, you've missed it, I feel, in the music game. Cause so you might as well just be yourself and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> probably why I'm not in, not in um, a mansion in LA. That's probably where I'm going wrong. Do you want to be in a mansion in LA? Uh, well, not at the moment. No, I, I, wildfires and stuff. And um, I don't know. I'd quite like a mansion. You know? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, so um i've got a question here um which is about the studio and recording so you you mentioned you've got a producer so i'm assuming you choose to go into the studio rather than recording yourselves at home yeah because it would sound dreadful if we recorded it we do we do demo sometimes ourselves um but yeah i just i don't know i think the big thing for me is that there's a tendency to just I think it's where the ego comes in. If you've not had any other eyes and you've not had any, and I'm sure some, so some people it works great because they've got that self-control. And if I was to just be left on my own, there'd be like all our songs would be 10 minutes and there'd be guitar solos over everything. And every song would have a chorus to fade out and to, with a guitar solo going over the top and 20 harmonies. And I think for me, I just need reining in sometimes. Um, and that's why I've, I've got, I think producers are great. I mean, the first three songs we did, we did with just an engineer. We didn't have an actual producer. So, um, and it was great, but it was a little bit, it just ended up a little bit, um, I guess, messy and a little bit unfocused where I think maybe now we could potentially go and do something and be a bit more focused because we've got that experience of songwriting and, and, and producing, I guess, to an extent. 
but also having a producer there just gives you those extra ideas and I just don't I, and I've never had the space for a home studio until I, I will soon have a studio for demoing in but I, I, I don't know I'd rather focus on what I do and let the other guys focus on what they do our guitarist Adam who was the latest guy to join is quite good with recording stuff but I don't know it just I think like you said earlier it's just like we found what works for us and we always want to push ourselves, but also not in the ways where there's no need at the moment. But I think eventually I would like to, because like, so for example, on the next music video, I'm going to be directing it myself, which is something I've never done. But I feel like at this point I've done enough things to, to understand it well enough. Whereas with production, even though I did a degree in music tech, I still don't feel like I'm qualified to do it and, and I wouldn't trust myself to do it. So, you know, that's it. I guess it's just, outsourcing where your weaknesses are i think i think you've hit on a really important point which is um about outsourcing your weaknesses i think a lot of bands especially when it comes to recording are very tempted to go through everything on their own so you know writing um just kind of producing yourself and making sure that the track sounds good recording mixing mastering and then releasing and you're doing all these things yourself and is Con is absolutely right that outsourcing your your weaknesses is great but it also just gets another pair of ears on what you're doing and it's there to someone to say you know i think this is great i think that could be improved you know how whatever that looks like for you i think it's really really important to think think about that for yourself yeah and, and i think it it's kind of like as well uh, just to sort of build on that there's there's like a bit of a narrative in that in this day and age the musician is everything it's like you're the songwriter you're the producer you're the distributor you're the marketer you're everything and that is true to an extent but i think it's if you and for some people obviously the budget doesn't allow any outsourcing which is yeah get it completely get that but i think if, if the opportunity is there then it's like in any other business if you weren't good at something you wouldn't do it you would get someone to do it and and that's exactly the same in this i think so moving over a little bit how is the band managed is there a single person in the band who's not managed oh it's not managed well, is there a single person in charge or do you share out tasks or <laughs> how do you approach that kind of thing um initially speaking we actually had um someone who helped us out who was uh, the guitarist then girlfriend um but it was only in a sense of kind of i'll message people and try and get some gigs and stuff which was you know very helpful at the time uh these days it's it's kind of like i will deal with most things like from social media to um gig inquiries and things like that um uh we have our bass player deals with um all the spotify uh all the streaming everything like that the distribution side of things um and one of our guitarists does all the um what do I call it kind of micro content so he'll like uh do all the tiktok and all the stories and reels and stuff so there are different elements where different We've all, it's, again, it's the same sort of thing we were talking about before. It's like outsourcing who's good at what and find, like our guitarist, Kieran, he's good at guitar and riding motorbikes and that's about it. If I'm honest, you know, like it's, you know, not all the love to him, but that's kind of, you know, we don't put anything further on him because he's very, a person that lives very in the moment and does things that way. So, whereas Joe, our, our drummer, is very into gaming and stuff, so he has a lot more to do with our Discord server and that kind of thing. So where I'm clueless with all that, because I'm, I don't know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm 90 in a young man's body, I think. So 
Uh, I'm just about getting to grips with Facebook and Instagram. So, but it is very much, uh, yeah, it, it's different folk for different, uh, different aspects. Definitely. Yeah, totally. I think, um, having someone that, cause I've asked that, that question to many bands and I've never come across a band who have someone that focuses on what you call micro content. So like TikToks and stories and things like that. It's really interesting because you know, the more I use Instagram, I use Instagram quite a lot. The more I realize that they, they really focus on your stories and like, that's a great way of pulling people into what you're doing. And it really is underestimated by a lot of people. I don't use it as much as I should. I know that. Yours are really good as well. Just to not to blow smoke up you, but I think I really like your, um, you know, you do the reels about the little studio tips and stuff like that and recording tips. I really like those. And we've actually, I can't think what they were, but I think I messaged, I was like, that's actually been really helpful on a day when we were in the studio. So just so you know, they are actually helping people. So I think... Well, that's all they're there for. (laughs) (laughs) The whole micro-content thing for me is just future-proofing because uh, and the thing I find really hard is to try and do those things and sort of cater to people with the shorter attention span while kind of retaining some artistic integrity and not just going off on, okay, we need to write a 15-second chorus so it can be a full chorus in a reel or... um, so that's the challenge, and that's where our guitarist Adam comes in because he's really good at kind of picking the best bit for this 15 seconds and applying something to it. And we're not as good as we should be at it, but we're getting there and we're getting better all the time. Um, TikToks, I mean, our most viral TikTok we've had, and I say viral, we had a, like a few thousand um, shares and stuff, and it's just literally our guitarist in a beer garden uh, making a stupid noise and that's done really well. <laughs> it's like when I say that you go and, and and we kind of do it call and response and people started doing it on TikTok to, as a little kind of a mini trend within the metal scene, which, you know, um, and then, but then that did get people going, okay, who are these? Click the, and oh, they got music. So it's, it's a, it's a weird way of marketing, but it, it's, it is, isn't it? yeah, but it works for some reason. Well, the, the organic reach is crazy. That's the thing. So, which we haven't got on the other socials anymore. So, yeah, I haven't got my head around TikTok yet. I'm trying to use it, but I think I'm just too old. Just dive in. No, you're not. It's fine. You'll be. No, I, I, do, I do use it. I just, <laughs> I just kind of throw stuff on there and leave it and see what happens. Well, I found but it's exactly the same as my other stuff, which I know is not really what you're meant to do. I guess. But the more you throw, the more it'll stick. It's just very kind of flippant. But I guess you've got to think, yeah, it's so hard, isn't it, when you're trying to create, I and mean, you're on your own as well. So it's, you've got to create things for so many platforms and try and cater to so many different audiences and wear different hats. So Yeah, here's what it is. Um, when you're doing your social media posts, how much do you try and focus on getting the the sort of the personality of the band into what you're doing? Because I think it's really important with, with social media so that, that people can get a feel for what you're actually like as people and how you, you what that kind of feels like. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think that's 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 really um so I mentioned earlier about we had this concept initially and then we reassessed everything during lockdown. And the decision we made uh, was to just make our brand just exactly who we are because then we never have to try and come up with content because anything we do is content because that's what the brand is. It's, it's us and, and the people that are like-minded. It's like, so if, and our whole message has always been like, think for yourself do what you believe right. And that's, that's the, the overarching message. And I try not to be too political, but that's, that is what it is through it, all of our songs and everything. And that just, we try and get that in the content and try and have this kind of community um, vibe. So we try and respond to everything. You know, it's not always 
possible if you miss something, but we try and always be in the room as it were. Um, and try and make people feel as welcome as we can, because that's where I see it. Social media is like a party and you've got to be a good host when people come in and that's, uh, and that's what we try and do. And, and it's working to definitely to a, a, a good degree. Um, and yeah, and that's, and that's, that's all there is really from our side. It's not like we kind of go, okay, content creation time. Let's think about the brand. Let's think because we've kind of already thrown that out of the way when we kind of went, okay, it just does. So yeah, uh, I think, I think I've answered the question, but I might not. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have. I mean, I think on Instagram, one of the things that you guys do that a lot of bands don't do for various reasons, I'm sure is I think I'm right in saying all of you have the name shadow smile in your personal Instagram accounts, as well as the band account. And you tag yourselves in them, which is, which is really good. It is to an extent and it does lead to a few problems sometimes but mostly great and because and that's it all builds into this kind of like we want people to know it's us and that we're not we're not faceless we are there and we can chat to you and if you you know you want to come to us you want to say you know we've had people where we've gone you know this this song it's it's actually bothered me what you said and, and then we kind of have a chat about it and we say well this is where we're coming from and i think that's like something that bands don't do and a lot of the time because they're too big to have any sort of time for that but yeah and the whole thing of having uh our names after uh shadow smile after our names i was the last member of the band to do that um <laughs> which is probably telling because i don't like people being able to I, i'm not a very um if you look at my instagram i don't share much about my life it's mostly just here's me in this location here's me in this location i'm in the studio um I'm at WrestleMania because I was super happy to be there. But aside from that, it's very, I, I, I try and keep private, but at the same time, it's a really strange thing where our fans, some, some of them have become friends and some friends have become fans. So there's this weird bleed, um, bleed over, which is, which is brilliant. Uh, but yeah, that's, there've been one or two instances where people have got a little bit too, they, they feel like, the boundaries go and they feel like they can be a certain way. And that's the only downside to doing it. But in general, I really like that we do it because feel, are you uh, familiar with the grateful dead? Um, I am um, familiar with the grateful dead. Yeah. Their whole thing was building the community. Um, but they did this in the sixties before social media, which is crazy. Um, but um, so I kind of read into them and stuff. And that's kind of one of the things I wanted to model our fan base on is that, the fan, the key fans in that had met the band, they knew them, they felt like they could, if they went up to them in the bar, they knew that they wouldn't just be like, get security, get this guy away. It would be like, I'll oh, come and have a drink. And that's, that's the real aim of what we want to be like. So yeah, that's, that's the reason for it all, I guess. Do, do you guys find that you have to have a, almost like a, how do I put this, like a private personal social media account and a public one? And I'm not, I'm not asking you to, to, to tell me any secret, handles or anything but do you find that you have to kind of almost have like a, a personal public persona as alongside a personal private one no um i i've said a few times i'm gonna eventually get rid of mine and just make ones with a false name and just have family and friends on there uh but that's more because i'm sick of getting invites to play stupid games and stuff from the thousands of people on there so 
Um, I think, again, it, it kind of all ties in, and I'm sorry to repeat myself, uh, but it all kind of ties into that whole thing of it's face value. Um, we are. Try- it's a real paradox when you think about it because we're so theatrical and we have all this imagery, but then it's kind of like, but it is just us and you can, you can approach us at any time and that kind of thing. So it, I guess it's a paradox, but at the same time, it just it's just kind of how it feels right to be. So what what do you feel has been the biggest success of the band so far? It's not that tangible, but one of the things I'm most proud of is how we grew during uh, the lockdowns, um, because most bands just kind of shut down and maybe did a, a live acoustic set from the kitchen or something. But on the very first day of lockdown, we kind of, you, you saw the signs coming, you know, that we were going to be locked down soon. And uh, we, I, I very fortunately used to put on live music in a venue. That was my job. Uh, and I said, look, can I have the venue and film a show with no audience and stuff? Ah, and I was like, okay. handy. yeah, so, uh, so we did that and we did a live stream um, on the very first day of lockdown. So the day that people were really annoyed that they'd just been locked down, um, they, they were treated to a shadow smile show. And it's like, you can't go anywhere. Captive audience. We got, <laughs> we got thousands and thousands of views. It was brilliant. Honestly, um, it's still there. I should have got the numbers up, but. I didn't think, but it was, it was so like heartwarming and, and people, and it was nothing like it was literally just essentially a rehearsal, but we were like, we've got to do something. And people were like messaging us saying like, wow, this, this means so much. And, and it was like, I was like a bit teary. I was like, I can't believe people have reacted in this way. Um, but that led to, um, a lot of growth for us in, I mean, we were nothing before. Um, I mean, you know, we're not Metallica now, but, we, we were, you know, we'd done one show and we'd been together six months without one single. And here we are doing this set of songs that nobody's heard yet because they've not been released yet. And, but people kind of like were sharing it and tagging people in it and oh look at what this band's doing. And yeah. And then the, we kind of put out like two or three singles during the lockdown because when you were allowed to go back to the studio and stuff, we did all that with the masks and everything. It was a nightmare, but, um, Yes. It doesn't sound funny. <laughs> and it was red hot. If you remember that lockdown summer, it was like, <laughs> oh yeah, in masks, it was, uh, it was something else. Um, so yeah, we just kind of grew when, when most bands were doing very little, we were probably the most active we've ever been, but I guess cause we had nothing to do. So we were kind of like, let's, let's, let's make music. So yeah, I think that's my, the, the thing I'm most proud of so far. I think a lot of bands cottoned onto the idea of like a live stream gig a lot later on. And then by that point, everyone was doing them. So. Yeah, and charging for them, which I didn't think about, <laughs> which I should have thought. No, it was nice to do it. No, I'm glad we did it for free because the, the week after, it was really nice because some bands that we really look up to then started messaging us saying, oh, um, I, I, probably partly because they, they'd sort of found that I worked at this venue, but they were uh, getting in touch and saying, oh, that, that was great, you know, we'd like to do something similar. And it was like, but then it was kind of like, well, you can't because we're locked down now. <laughs> we had the, uh, we got in, I think it was the Friday as we weren't allowed to do anything from the Saturday. I think that was right. Or there was a certain time on the Friday. Oh, so you literally got in right at the last Yeah, we, it was the last day. We had to drive home like really carefully not to get pulled up and stuff, you know, so, um, yeah. But yeah, 
that was so my penultimate question for you is um what goals do you have for the band in the next six months to a year or so you can be as specific or as vague as you like with these because i know what goals can be like yeah well we've got some very specific ones and some very broad ones um sorry every answer i've got is is like a, a three page <laughs> but the uh the, the primary one at the moment is to we've been crowdfunding our album um and we're about 70 percent of the way there we've paid for all the recording we've now got to pay for the mix the distribution all that stuff so um we, we're, we've got to get that done um whether we get 100 percent of it i don't know whether we have to put some in ourselves but i mean I, i'm blown away that we've got this far which is you know in a time when people are struggling and there's there are financial constraints so i'm just blown away that we've received the support we have so anything else that comes in i'm just super thankful for that's not a plug that's just me <laughs> uh, but no it is a plug it, it is a plug donate now <laughs> um uh, so and then obviously getting the album finished and out and um we've actually got a single to come out before that which i've got to direct the video for so that's another little goal a personal goal for me um and then we've got a load of tour dates um here there and everywhere so yeah just to just to keep growing i think is the big broad one and just to keep you know i don't know what the music industry looks like in the next five years i don't know if it's you know if it's live music or if it's nfts or if it's what but i guess we need to just stay on top of that and yeah i guess the big goal is to not get left in the past so that's uh survival <laughs> survival yeah it's a laudable goal i'll give you that <laughs> uh so to close out the podcast i'd like to ask for your favorite song from the band i mean one that's released not the, the ones that you're recording <laughs> at the moment for obvious reasons um so which song is that and why um well i'm going to preface this by saying they're all very good and you should listen to all of them <laughs> to bring out the noel gallagher in me um but i think um, my favourite that is out at the moment is um, a song called You're Safe, uh, which is actually the last single we released and probably partially recency bias um, because you always love your latest one most, but also because it's the only song so far that features all five of us. Uh, so Adam, our guitarist, joined just before this one. So it's got all of us on it and I think it's the most well well-crafted song out of all of them and it's the uh the most fun to play live as well so it's your safe so um this is shadow smile with your safe connor it's been really great to chat with you oh thank you very much for having me really appreciate your time Silence were there to a day, but we didn't look any further than 